Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. Grace Point is a family church for Ken's family for, let's see, lots of years, since 1960 when it was on Lily Street. So we feel a part of being here. Um, We enjoy doing the service earlier and we'll enjoy this service now. It's wonderful to have all the young people in here. Um, Something I just thought about to share just a little bit before we start is that I was 11 and a half years old when God called me to be a nurse and in the next moment to be a missionary. And um, God has been faithful. He did not bring that to true culmination until um, for many years. But it was always there and the call was there and God brought it about. So we never have to fear when God calls us to do something. He'll make the way for us and he will help us to have an increased desire to do whatever that calling is as we go along and are obedient to him. So I just thank him this morning for his faithfulness. I thank him that there were people who were faithful to bring the gospel to a little place very isolated out in northeastern Colorado to the families of my parents. And from there, they lived faithful Christian lives and showed me the way so that I could be where I am today and have that background. I praise God for my in-laws, Reverend um, Bill and Vivian Wade, and for their faithfulness to God. As we, each one of us, serve and obey the Lord, he helps us to reach to other people, and they see that faithfulness. We are delighted to be with you today. We just arrived home from Kenya about midnight on Monday, and we've been trying to get our feet solidly on the ground, and we are delighted that you are our first people to be with. These are our first uh, services that we're having, and we rejoice in this opportunity. God is good. Thank you for your love, your prayer, and all of your support. We're thankful for what God has done for us, and we thank you for being a part of that. We receive cards from Dare to Care that say, we're praying for you, God bless you, thank you for what you're doing, and those things encourage us, just knowing through prayers, through little comments on Facebook and by email, and we're just very aware. It is a wonderful time to be alive and working in the kind of work we do in this world. Um, All the different types of communication have just transformed Kenya. People will not have a refrigerator or a stove in the way that we know it, but they will have a phone, and they will do their email on their phone. And so it's wonderful that we have access to those kinds of communication so that we can share, even in health care, people who are on antiretrovirals will receive a message from their clinic that tells them when to come to get their new supply. It's wonderful. We thank God for that. We are so glad that you had a part as a church in purchasing this vehicle in uh, 2005 when we left Kenya Highlands Bible College and began a ministry directly in the church in the rural areas. And uh, this is a a Toyota Hilux four-wheel drive pickup with a cap on the back, and it's a wonderful truck for us. We plan on keeping it, maintaining it while we're in Kenya. And this picture of us, you see we're dressed a little bit more informally, was taken at one of the game lodges in uh, Kenya, in a place called outside of Voi, down towards Mombasa, called uh, 
Taita Hills, and Salt Lick. And we went there for our 40th wedding anniversary. Thank God for a good marriage, a faithful marriage, and uh, that we can honor our vows to God and to one another. God didn't send us to minister to the animals, right? He sent us to people. But what a wonderful combination, and I, I think it's the best that you can find on the continent of Africa. The wonderful people with warm hearts who welcome us every time we go to their church or their home. They always have the very best for us. They may not have had any meat for weeks, maybe months, but they killed the chicken and are having dinner for us on that given Sunday. So their hearts are warm. They um, welcome us. They, um, of course, have questions for us. And they're sharing Jesus with the people in their community. They're really doing holistic ministry. Uh, we have wonderful uh, community health programs in place and ministry through that, reaching to the total community. Sometimes people ask me, well, how's the country of Africa? Well, I, I think we're coming to know that Africa is one of the continents of the world and has uh, many countries, perhaps 54 countries at this time, or is it 55? And uh, you can see there the shape of the United States up in placed in West Africa to get an idea of some size or the immensity of the African continent. And the other countries, including China and India and many others that can fit in the land area of the continent. And then our country, Kenya. And if you look at the lake down in the, uh, the, the Indian Ocean is, of course, down by Mombasa on the lower part of the slide. But if you look in the middle, the big lake... Uh, largest freshwater lake, I believe, in the world, Lake Victoria. Uh, just in, there's a little finger channel, and you can see that Caricho is there. That's where we live, and it's about four to five hours drive uh, from Nairobi, which is the capital, and then from Nairobi about eight hours to Mombasa at the coast. Nairobi is the only capital in the world that has a game park in it. I mean, just right at the outskirts of Nairobi, you drive in to a game park. It's cool. <laughs> so many ministries that God has given us. Whoever knew in 1996 when we left with our son, who was a second semester sophomore, real scary for the mother here. Okay, God, we're doing what you told us to do, but please take care of him. That turned out good. Anyway. Um, these ministries have just come about, and we see them um, coming together and multiplying through the people that God reaches out to and that they come to him and obey him in coming to salvation. Yes, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. This is one of my all-time most favorite verses. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. It was for me, and it is for all of those I've known any place in the world when they have turned to the Lord in sincerity and truth, asking forgiveness for their sins and to be born anew through the power of Christ and the Spirit. Yes, that revelation has come to all of us, and if it were not for that, we would not seek God. We would not know him. We could not come to him. But that revelation has to be proclaimed, and that's what we're about as missionaries and you as a missionary-sending church. The proclamation of that revelation is so people's lives will be transformed like ours were transformed. And we want to share some of those things with you in our presentation today. 
Generally, every Sunday morning, we go out to a different church. These are scheduled ahead of time. Sometimes we book a year in advance, and people are going, okay, now, so next Sunday, can you come to my church? And we're going, well, no, that's not the way that works. This happens to be a man that we've known for all the time since we've been in Kenya, but had never been in his church. And so today, in this setting, he is interpreting, as Ken preaches, and You know, the adjustments are made so that they really hear the truth in their heart language, and it goes very deep. Each Sunday, we um, talk to the children. We have some time. We really talk to them about what it means to um, serve the Lord, what it means to have Jesus come into their heart, how that changes the way they act. We do some HIV-AIDS prevention in that talking to them. Their parents are pretty scared to talk to them, so we try to do something to help that uh, part of it. And then we have them repeat a prayer in their own language, and um, hopefully, and we just trust God that there are some of them who come to know him as their Savior. We have the privilege of also ministering to youth, and we make a special time for them in the context of the morning worship service. Call them up to stand, and we just share with them about life skills and uh, about how to live their lives and about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also, we have a salvation prayer with them. And we know that people are finding the Lord in these settings. The majority of Kenya's population is in the age group of youth. And so it's very important. Uh, The Africa Gospel Church that we work with has a very strong um, leader now that they have for the youth. He's one of our former students, and he had worked in Uganda in um, campus ministry with a university. And so now he's in charge of all of Kenya and their youth ministries. We just believe that God's going to keep growing and growing the youth ministries and help it to become more relevant to their lives. And so here we are with literature. Oh, how fun it is. Now, packing the packets, okay, that takes a few hours to do, but I have some help nowadays, so it doesn't take as long as it used to. Inside those packets are spiritual helps, along with um, family and marriage uh, handouts. There are things in there to, um, when we give these packets, like to a youth leader, we have things in there that are spiritual, but we also have um, things about life skills. We have uh, handouts for girls, handouts for guys, things that they can use in Bible study and to have interaction as a youth group. And so these have been very successful. People will come and say, you know, I was sent to this other uh, district or this other area, and I had to give, um, I had to talk about stress. So I just pulled that one out of there that you put in there, and that's what I talked about. And that stress handout comes from the days when I taught health and fitness at the university. So God has all of these things. People use them in a different way, but they're being used. So that's part of what our ministry Um, account is used for is to um, purchase these copies we always sort of laugh and say that we keep the salaries up for those guys who are at the copy place because we have so many copies I mean there can be thousands depending on if there's a conference going on so this is just one part of the literature ministry you've probably seen those black uh, trunks or boxes that you can buy on automotive at Walmart uh, we, we take things back in those all of the time. We have a collection of them in Kenya. And when we go out, there's at least one of those filled with these envelopes of handouts for all the various local church leaders 
and the pastor and assistant pastor and maybe the district leader if he's there, uh, the youth, the women, the men, and trying to empower them and teach them and to enhance what they're doing in our ministry. Another service, another time for people to have an opportunity to come and pray. And we thank the Lord for that. You know, people really have a difficult time just living life, many times in these rural situations where we mainly work. And, you know, just having enough food on the table for their children is a huge problem. They may, their spouse may be an alcoholic, and they just have a hard time going through life. But here they find comfort, they find help, and people find Jesus as their personal Savior. We thank God for that. It's a privilege to go to homes of people. This is a very traditional home, the original home on this home place, that this man and woman that invited us for lunch after a Sunday service. Uh, I believe they're now using this for cooking, and their kids are building for them a, a more, much more modern house that we were in, although it was incomplete. We were inside on a dirt, a dirt floor, and nothing's finished, but we were under the roof and had a nice time. Then we asked if we could take a picture of them by their original home. And the, the pointed thing on the, the, the roof of that hut or the point of that hut is uh, something that indicates that the husband or the man of that house is alive. And when he, he passes on, that is cut off. And, in, and then they know that the man of that house is no longer living. Oh, don't we love the children? Yes, we do. But you have to get them when they're really little like this, because when they get a little bit older, they're, they're scared. You know, I just look so different than what they do. It's like all the color has gone out of this person. How can they? Ooh, that's scary. And then sometimes the, the parents will tell the children to scare them. They'll say, oh, that lady, she's got that red stuff on her face. She eats little children. So there are some things to, that you have to sort of change, you know, and so you're, you're grateful when they don't cry and scream in your arms. It, it's pretty unusual for a child this old, but was that, was that girl, did we think 10 or 12, one day broke into a screaming cry and ran when we came. Many of the places we go, uh, people like us have never been there before. And uh, they've, they've only seen us from a distance, driving in a vehicle or maybe on a television, but they've never been with people like all us here. Reverend Martim is a person who has chosen to have us come to all of the churches that he's responsible for. So he has had a district which that district just keeps growing. I mean, like he had four churches and now there are eight and so he has us come to every church. And so, okay, every church gets their own special packet and their Sunday school material and everything. But he and his wife have just become wonderful friends to us. And they have two sons also. That's their family, two sons who one is finishing high school and the other one's at college. So um, this day we had gone to a church called Cop Ken. And so it's named after a um, a great um, a mortar and pestle that they use, and there's a picture of that somewhere. Anyway, um, so they gave that to us as a remembrance. So Ken feels real sweet that he has a place named for him, Cop Ken. You see, in, in the language, Cop also means the place of. And so although I knew this was named after that mortar and pestle called a Canute, I said, I, I, I teased them about how happy I was that they had named their church after me, Cop Ken. 
And uh, they, they thought that was cute. This, they don't have a building yet, so we're meeting in a school classroom. You can see the chalkboard that's uh, done as part of the wall in, in one of these school classrooms. Ministries at schools can be from like 300 children to 900. And it's our opportunity once again to uh, share Jesus with the children and talk about the gospel. Ken often talks about the bread of life and um, how that um, you take the word bread and place the word there for what they eat all the time, which is gimyat or a um, corn or millet-based kind of um, substance. And, oh, they just think that's so funny and they will laugh. So, But there are, you know, there are just thousands and thousands of these children in the rural areas We have 400 primary schools and 100 secondary schools, and we will never be to all of them, even by the time we retire. We have the privilege of praying with the children and the youth, both in church services on Sunday as well as the school services, uh, when we go and talk to them about life skills and uh, the gospel, to pray with them a salvation prayer and ask them to repeat it after us. And I know from from our teaching at Kenya Highlands Bible College in the previous years, uh, from 1996 through 2004, that many of the students testified to having come to Christ in school when a special speaker came, such as us or someone, and spoke to them. They received Christ as their Savior. And so we know that many of these are inviting Jesus into their heart. So we present Bibles to the schools, and we also present booster books that will help them to be able to study for the tests that are coming up when they're in um, grade 8 and after they finish high school. The man that you see less easily than the other man uh, over that has the blue collar, the blue shirt on, he's a friend that I made in 1997 as I went to do my uh, nursing orientation. And so then he's connected us now with... um, this lady who's the director of a medical program which trains like clinical officers and which are um, physicians assistants nurses and doctors and so we've made some contributions of used material to their library I told Carol and I said you know people will wonder this is current medical practices and if you look closely you see the date on it is 1993 but you know they were very happy to have this book because uh, resources are not there in the same way that they're available to us, and especially uh, everything up to the date like we expect it to be. Pastor Alfred, the one who is standing next to Ken, is a young man that we identified in a church in 2005 that we could see his great potential to be a pastor. And, I mean, he was already pastoring, but, I mean, he just really, he was professional, and yet he was very personable. And so... We just told him, you know, you need to be somewhere. And he goes, well, the, the ministers are praying about this and making a plan, but they haven't decided yet. I thought, you know, you're going to be 50 years old before you get there if they don't hurry up. But anyway, we tried to be patient and pray. And by the time we had gone and come home, we found him there. There is transformation, and we want to tell you some of those people in whom we've seen that wonderful transformation because... The gospel revelation was proclaimed to them. This is Davin. She's a young woman who came to me in November of 2010 and said, "Um, I think I need to talk to you. I want my life to change. 
And her story is that her father had paid part of her school fees for her to do a program in early childhood, but he hadn't paid enough fees for her to take her exams, and she didn't have enough money to buy food. I mean, she had no money. And so one of her friends was so bright and said to her, well, you know how to get money. You're pretty enough, so go get it. And so this began her life somewhat on the street, but she was she hated it so bad that she limited her time of being with men. And um, one night she was at a disco and a car came through the window and almost hit her. And it was like the Holy Spirit was working on her. And so she talked to the Lord about that. She said, okay, now I'm just going to quit living this life. And then pretty soon these guys got to fighting and the police were there. And so she crawled under a table, stayed there till 5 a.m., and then went home and really prayed. She had a friend who was a Christian where she lived. And she went to that friend, and the friend said, Davin, you've got to let God change your life. You really need him. And so then it was that next day, that Sunday, that she came to church. So she walked up to us when we were at the truck, and I thought, you know, It just goes through your mind. People come and ask straightforward. They don't know you. They want something. And so I just tried to be patient with that. And finally, you know, she came through this. And as she talked to me, these huge, big teardrops fell out of her eyes. No emotion. I mean, you know, I make an ugly face when I cry. But she just stood there, and those teardrops ran down. And you knew that she was sincere, that this was not something that she had made up and was trying to, you know, to get to us. And so... We made a plan for her to see one of the uh, pastors at the church on Tuesday. This was on Sunday. Then she would go on Tuesday. So I gave her a uh, booklet, Seven Steps to Knowing Christ, a 500-shilling note, which is about $8, and a card, our card, for our contacts. And she told me afterwards, she said, no man had ever given me 500 shillings. Sometimes it was nothing but never 500. She said, I was wondering what kind of people you were that you just do that. I said, Daphne, you were hungry. I knew you were hungry. So by the end of the week then, we took her and helped her get some food and some supplies so that she could go on living and try to figure out what to do. We put her personally, we put her through a short computer course so she'd have something to do because she said, I've got to stay busy. And she cut her contacts with the people that she'd had before. You know, there, when you want to change your life, you change your phone number, and you change the places that you go. And so she um, left all of her friends, and God just did good things for her. She's got friends now, and she's got good things happening. God called her into the ministry, and so she's at Cabasone Pastors Training College now. Now, beyond that is that she's a good speaker. She doesn't do music really well, and she likes to leave that to other people, but she will, she will speak. And so she was at a school one day, and a young girl asked Jesus to be her Savior. That young girl is now studying at Cabasone Pastors Training College right alongside Davin. Now Davin gets to have the opportunity to mentor. I said, okay, Davin, you, we've tried to mentor you. Now here's your opportunity to mentor her. And she says, I'll do that, Mama. And please give all those people in America my greetings and tell them thank you for helping you be here because you've helped me in my life. So she's very thankful, and she says that repeatedly. It's just very, very interesting. Every time I talk to her, she spends time thanking us. So we thank the Lord for that opportunity. It's been a real joy. 
we both have radio programs, and uh, we don't have time to go into the details of those. Some people have interest in radio. You could always talk to us more personally about it. But uh, one of the, the grand uh, touches of God through radio was three years ago in February with Edith. And if you're in our inner circle of prayer and receiving those messages, you've been acquainted with her and seen some pictures of her. But uh, recently, we, we were out to eat with her in Nairobi before we came home, took her out to an Italian restaurant. She enjoyed it. But uh, one day, after I was doing a series on alcohol, uh, she, she sent me a text message on my phone and said, I'm the world's worst alcoholic. I'd give anything to stop drinking. Please help me. She came to the university from a well-to-do family in the U.S., began drinking as a student socially, became addicted, and when she came back to Kenya, got a, got a good job with a, with a non-government organization, but alcohol took over her life. They sent her to a rehab program, but it was one that said, now, Edith, you just need to learn to drink in moderation. And uh, in that, she went back to drinking, and one of the other guys that was in treatment also, uh, she had a child by him, his name is Chang Tao. He's quite a sweet, sweet boy. But uh, she prayed with me on the phone that day, received Christ as their Savior through a salvation prayer. And I said, Edith, let the last drink of your, that you have taken be the last drink of your life. And she pledged to that and came cold turkey as we prayed for her and counseled and talked with her through the phone and email. And came out of that, has been to uh, now to the U.K., and gotten a master's degree, come back to Kenya. She's working in an important position, touring around, working with the implementation of the new constitution of Kenya. And uh, being invited to speak on radio about alcoholism and how God brought her out of alcoholism and changed her life. And she is a delightful person, and she also thanks all of you that prayed for you, for her and uh, sends her greetings to you. God is in the transforming business. We thank him for that. This um, elderly man that Ken has his hand on his shoulder is Mze Segei. He is about 100 years old, a little more, and um, he wanted to see us in December of 2010. But it rained that day very hard, and we could not get to his house. But he asked the pastor if uh, he could see us. He wanted to see those people from America. And we went recently, and... Mze Segei asked Jesus to be his Savior. So now he's checking to see if people know Jesus as their Savior. That's his main focus right now. And calls his young daughter to come and read the Bible to him. We gave him a Bible and a hymn book. And that's really important in the language that they know best. Women's Conference is wonderful and they love Ken. Like he is their reverend. They want him to preach every time. So I choose a topic and then tell them what I feel like I'm supposed to talk about this year was life and um, representing the innocent ones. The insert in the bulletin really goes along with what I talked about. And um, then at that conference, this next slide talks about, shows um, our, my friend, Elizabeth, and she is the grandmother to the two girls that you will see in two more slides, in two more pictures, and her husband is in the next picture. They've just come into our lives, welcomed us into their home, 
They had all seven of their kids home the other day with their spouses and children, called us up, said, please come over. We want you to give them a word of admonition. So we went. Never been called to do a word of admonition to somebody's family. But it's just interesting how you can be involved in people's lives. This is uh, Elizabeth's husband, Alexander, and I'm at their home and presenting him a a concordance in their uh, mother tongue uh, vernacular called uh, uh, Kalenjin. And uh, he is thankful for that, and we're praying for him. You know, he he has never confessed faith in Jesus Christ, but he's a good man, and we're believing that he is going to also put his faith in Christ and not just be a good person, but also come to know Christ as his Savior. This is a man that won't call me Carolyn. I'm Chibai-Bai. So, Chibai-Bai this. Now, Chibai-Bai, you need to do that. And oh, it's That means the happy one, incidentally. <laughs> it's a lot to live up to. I mean, you know, just to be happy all the time. Sometimes Ken says to me, now Chibai-Bai. So I know I have to shape up a little bit. <laughs> Okay, we do the Purity Pledge with um, guys and girls, mostly girls. We've had one group of, um, like, five girls, and um, we had a set of twins in that group now. This, these twin girls, the grandchildren of Alexander and Elizabeth, um, we went to uh, Nukuru one day, and we'd already done some time. I'd spent some time with them and their grandmother, Then we hadn't put rings on them. And so this day we took them out for lunch and we put rings on their fingers. And this is very meaningful to them. They have pledged to be pure until they're married. And um, we really, I really tried to help them, talk to them about things, prepare them. Because when they leave the village, it's not that there aren't trials and temptations and things going on there. But when they go to the university, then they really get bombarded. So um, the one girl, Flower Gal, which is the one right there in the middle, you may recognize her name from being on Facebook with Ken. Anyway, Flower Girl's the quiet one of the two, but she's more active on Facebook. And she said, yeah, she said, a guy came up to me after church and said, I've got some money here for you. Because, you know, girls in college already always need money. And she goes, no, no, thank you. She said, our family takes care of us. And she said, you know, there would have been a payback. For the money, but I knew I didn't need it. She sends her greetings to you. Even last night on uh, Facebook, she said, I'll be with you in spirit in your service. Tell the people hello for us. This is the surprise of, of my ministry that uh, face, God has brought me to Facebook. And uh, daily I minister in a combination of four groups plus my personal page to, I, I'm not sure how many because there's some overlap but 15,000 or more, and uh, counsel a lot of people through inboxing and messages and mobile phone calls and see people come to Christ, pray with people to receive the Lord, and uh, you're welcome to join me in living in Christ with Reverend Ken Kenya. Uh, there are two groups by that name, and they're unlimited. The personal page stays full, so if you send me a friend request, I retain it, but the waiting list is long, and I take from the oldest to the newest. And so when a space opens up, I add someone. But uh, God's using this. This continues in the States, and uh, as does radio ministry. And this uh, is, is, is a blessing because even if you're home and sick 
or not be able to be out or when you're not out, still you're reaching out across Kenya, across East Africa, across the continent, to the many places that Kenyans are, and also home to people that you've known and loved and here in the United States that are part of your ministry. Dr. Dennis Kinlaw has really said this well. Everyone's salvation begins with another's obedience. Doesn't that just sort of get you right there in the heart? If we're obedient, somehow that will be part of someone's salvation. And if we're not obedient, well, we're not doing our part. So that really helps me to think that I've got to keep doing what I'm supposed to do because it will make a difference for other people. Are you willing to carry others in your heart? Reverend Daniel, uh, we focused on him the last time we were home, and he and his wife had just taken over this leadership of an area of about 40 to 50 churches. Now he's been given the responsibility of being a regional director, which means he has 300 churches under him. And it's a huge responsibility. He had his diploma from Kenya Highlands, but immediately enrolled when he got this responsibility to finish his degree. So we've been helping him with half of his fees to finish up. He is thankful and um, just really a wonderful man who has been touched by our ministry probably in 2005, 2006. And his whole, the way he um, handles his home and how he interacts with his wife and children has just been transformed. So we thank God for that, and we're really touched when he gave us this uh, verse from Daniel. You can read, I know. This is our prayer today and for you. What will you be willing to give to carry others in your heart and see them come to Christ? Yes, there's the revelation And there's the proclamation in order to see the transformation. We are touching lives together. We thank you for your prayer, your participation, and for assisting us in ministry with World Gospel Mission, a faith mission. Thank you so much for allowing us to share with you today. And we welcome you to talk with us more personally anytime, whether online or in person or by phone. We'd be glad to share with you or get together with you. God bless you.